This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and it's Friday night under the Midland Lights as Palace head to Wolves for a fixture that would send the winners to the top of the table. Let's give Nick and Mike are in tow to build you up, so let's get to it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, there's four of us this week. Um, Albert has... I mean, Eskif, did he even give an excuse for his absence no just... didn't even he's given up now he just said I'm, I'm not making it so get on with it he, mm. he did tweet something about going to a private island to get away from covid but... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah hang hang out with his good pal jeffrey epstein um <laughs> uh, obviously that's just impossible but there you go um right so let's start with this what kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! So a week behind there for Albert. <laughs> I finally found it. Um, I've got a few messages today saying you've got beers. So, Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, my first beer. I've been working this out. This is the first beer I've had since the January transfer window show mm. that we did. And I've got a Bishop's Finger. <laughs> nice local Kent beer from Shepherd Neem. So I thought I'd go with a strong 6% one. Um, So we'll see if I'm doolally by the end. Oh, well, I mean, uh, it's it's a great name, to be honest, for a beer. Uh, Mike, you said something about German Pilsners. Yeah, it's not as exotic as a Bishop's Finger. Um, I I love a German Pilsner, one with the German purity laws and the four ingredients and stuff. I've got a Rheinbacher. Which has come all the way from the new Lidl's that opened across from me. Um, ne- next to a, a Greg's Cafe that's just opened because there's not enough fat people in Hastings already. Ask <laughs> if. Well, I don't know how to follow either of those. Uh, but I had a Moretti with my dinner, but now, as per, I'm on the water. Well, um, 
Thank, thank you for the efforts, Mike and Nick. Uh, although they are two beers that rank terribly on Untapped, so uh, just just to let you know. But unfortunately, no beer for me this week. I'm on antibiotics, so it's it's old Jamaica ginger beer. And wait, yes, wait. Mike, it, it is the light one. Hey. Um, um, what does Untapped give Weinbacker? It gives it three point one six out of five. I mean, yeah, it's probably it's probably a three and a half. It's 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 one of those like. Whenever I've toured in Germany and you get a beer that you get in one venue and then the next town along has never heard of it, yeah. so you, you're just bringing like a band full of beers to the next place, um, and they they're just used to having like just a random not very good beer. I mean, this is yeah, this has just been plucked out of some like German village or something, and it's yeah, it does the it does the job, and it's like ninety two p a bottle or something. So yeah, fuck off, Untapped. Like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into the cheap beers from Lidl, to be honest. Uh, but more, more summer beers. Uh, we're, we're on the stouts now, don't you know? But yeah, so I don't fancy uh, having a baby in the house and drinking on antibiotics. To be honest, it could all go pear shaped, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eskif, we're going to start with you this week. One more point: uh, is that the program you, you're close to the end of the book? Um, something I completely forgot I had and was supposed to read. Um, you've yeah. been enjoyed it. It drug it drug my memory because I'm about twenty pages from the end and I've just read the bit about Sido, the program seller. And I know mm. that we'd uh, mentioned it when Albert was on the show a little while back and, and Chris who wrote the book and did the fanzine sort of tweeted at us. So um yeah, just wanna say it's really good, unsurprisingly. Um obviously you and I were involved in a fanzine ourselves, so definitely know what it's like to be continually asked if it's the program when you're selling. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, about him doing the doing the fanzine during the nineties, um, and I'd really really recommend it to to any Palestine. Even even if you weren't going around then, um, you'll know all the names and the stories. They're quite funny, uh, and they sell it in the club shop, so well worth a buy, I reckon. Yeah, I always enjoyed that awkward. Um... You know, thirty seconds after the person had gone, and they've come back and said, "Oh, I thought I thought this was the program. Can I have my money back?" <laughs> <laughs> it was always good fun trying to talk them into just keeping it. Uh, but there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to get round to reading. I did read about the first thirty pages of it, and then you know, I don't know. It just I don't keep to me and keep harking back about having a baby. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. It, um, it gets in the way of a lot of things. Uh, Mike, it's now you. Are you ready? I was I was born ready. What, what, why? Uh, Andros Townsend versus Simon Jordan's been taking your fancy this week. Yeah, I mean, so Simon Jordan has been on his high horse for a while. Um, certainly used COVID as an extra excuse to bang on about the fact that um, all Premier League players should uh, take a pay cut. And really, Andros Townsend is probably the only regular, and I don't even know how he's managed to pull this off. I don't know if any of you do, but how he's managed to become a regular on a, a national um, radio station, as a still as a professional footballer, and and still one that's you know not even thirty yet. So I don't know how he's managed to do it, but you know he came on and, and refuted that it's it's a good idea, um, which was which was probably not a good idea because. Um, you know, he's on maybe once a fortnight and Simon Jordan can bang on about it every single morning on TalkSport. So, um, yeah, they've, they've, they've started a little bit of a war about that. And I'm not sure that it's 
it's doing great things for the way that Palace looks, really, um, because uh, we've got quite a hefty wage bill to um, income as it is. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, I'm not sure Andros was that wise to, to involve himself in it. I don't know what you lot think. Yeah, well, he was talking about not wanting to give his money to other billionaire owners and stuff. And of course, they do exist in the lower leagues. Um, he was talking about wanting to give money to the right causes. So, you know, giving it yeah. to giving it to the NHS and um, giving it to, you know, if, if they're sacking members of staff that work at the ground, then paying their wages and things like that. Not, you know, and it's, I, I mean... F- that they could they probably could do more maybe they do do a lot that we don't know about you know they we know Wilfred Zaha gives a lot of his money to a charity um you always see char- um, players being linked with charity and so on so you know they are giving away a lot of their money <clears throat> to charities but um you know if you watch that Sunderland Till I Die documentary uh should should we be banning out Sunderland because they went and spent three million pound on Will Grigg or should we be asking um, players to take pay cuts to bail them out? Probably not. So I think I think I was I was on side with Towns in what he was saying about you know making sure that they're giving money to the right people. Nick. Yeah, I think they should because um, Southend were. I don't know what happened, but they were on a winding up order today, weren't they? Southend Unit D because he had fallen off the United bit of the sign. My son thinks they're called. Um, but there should be a, a kind of Robin Hood tax where a certain percentage of transfer fees goes on because, you know, 1% of a transfer fee for a superstar player could keep Southend going for another two years. It's flipping ridiculous. It really is. And these clubs are sort of the hub of a lot of communities. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a tricky one because you, you don't want them to... You, you don't want them to take the piss and think, oh, it's all right, they're going to keep us going. But when you've got the likes of, of Macclesfield and even South End, you know, who are we going to tonk eight nil in the League Cup if they're not there? It's it it's hard. Um, so yeah, well, I, I mean, it's, perhaps it's, tax. It's the same week that Ozil's come out and oh, <laughs> after a couple of weeks after not being in the squad for Arsenal, it's um, come out and magically he's been giving uh, money for food for hungry kids for the last seven or eight months. Um, so I mean, it, it definitely does happen, and it it, it isn't heavily reported. I, I I can't remember who said it, but certainly someone said that they they don't think there's a single um, African player in the Premier League that doesn't give at least ten percent back to um, people in their home country that are mm. in trouble. Um, but I, I don't know. I just um, I just think that Townsend's opening himself up to criticism unnecessarily and it's probably best to um, keep his head down um, because people are going to criticise whatever. He's in a no-win situation with a discussion like this. Yeah, well, I think Roy Hodgson's already referenced yeah. it once sort yeah. of passive-aggressively in a, in a post-match. So um, we'll see if he continues doing that or not, especially if he starts getting talking into matters that serious. You know, you could end up with Steve Parrish knocking on your door and um, having a go at you. Yeah, exactly, so, um, exactly. I mean, Hodgson's been there for 60-odd years. He probably knows his stuff. Hmm. Well, Andros still has been doing some things good this season, particularly on the pitch and scoring at Old Trafford was one of them. And Nick, you've been... Um, Talking about Manchester United having a twenty-three and a half 
thousand capacity for games if they if we allow fans back in. What do you think about that? Well, it's a lot of people, isn't it? It shows how big their ground is. But I, I was just thinking back to what Mike had said about going to cricket. And he said it was fine in the stands, but when everybody's in the concourse, there's just no social distancing whatsoever. So it's it's kind of, I feel it's still going to be a bit too soon, much as we'd like to go back to a game. But, you know, you've, you've got kids at home. Would you would you put yourself in that position? <sighs> yeah, I probably would, to be honest. <laughs> so would I, but... <laughs> it sounds awful but like you know it's it's across the road from me it's it, i just when the, it's killing me when the game's going on and i'm sat here having to watch it on the tv and it's literally happening a stone's throw from my house it's killing me um and i i think it would only end up being five thousand people at seller so i don't think it would be anywhere near the problem it could be at old trafford because the backs of the grounds, you know, Old Trafford's crappy, especially that away end, for example. You could see how people could easily get um, the social distancing, but the sim becomes difficult. I'm surprised. Did you go to see it at the Oval Cricket Mike? Yeah. So um, I don't know how they were allowed to. We, we got to see one T20 because it's been a season to get older there for oh, years. Um, we 2,000 of us got to go and watch one T20 game. And you'd think across, I think it's a 24,000-seater stadium, that would be fine. But because they were doing building work, they actually spread the 2,000 of us around about a quarter of the stadium. So you're talking about 6,000, so it's one in three seats. Um, Again, it it was okay because um, most people are coming in bubbles of three or four. So it wasn't like one seat, then two empty. Um, But it, it was when we went outside. And once people had had a drink, um, they just weren't even thinking straight. So, I, I, and the fact, I, I, I think Nick's totally right. It, it's the commuting, like walking down the road um, from the Oval to Vauxhall. There's only one road to go down. And similarly, come out of Holmesdale, there's really only a couple of places people are going to go to. So it'd have to be policed incredibly well, you know, with people being stopped and then let go and stuff. And yeah, it's... That's the difficult bit. It's the bottlenecks. It's 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 not the ground. So, um, I, I mean, I haven't been to a, a non-league game yet. I'd like to see like how Hastings United cope with sort of three hundred people. Um, but yeah, that's that's the bit that's a problem. Yeah, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough one because you want to be back in watching games. Everyone does, uh, but you also want it to be as safe as possible. I don't know. I don't, we, we, going on about COVID, this. <laughs> Starting to do my head in, to be honest. I um, um, I missed the last fifteen minutes of the game Saturday because of COVID. Because I was up in Scotland visiting my son up at St Andrews, and um, you have to be out of restaurants by six, and the last booking they take is half past four. So I had to be in this restaurant by half past four. They weren't even serving booze. The moment I got home on Monday, they announced that they were serving booze and opening restaurants till eight o'clock in Scotland. So that's bloody typical, isn't it? So yeah, it's uh, it's affecting you, everything. You didn't miss much in fairness to you that last fifteen minutes of the game. No. Uh, well, one of the results of COVID has been these pay per view games for the ones that are not usually on. Heskiff, I can't thirty nine thousand people on average are purchasing these games. It's disheartening, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, we went through it last week, didn't we? About how we felt about these pay per view games and how we would <clears throat> find other means to 
to watch the game, which I was able to, thankfully. Um, what what are you referring to? Uh, I closed my eyes and I imagined it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and, 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 in, and in that scenario, we lost 5-0. <laughs> we did, yeah. And I loved it. Uh, you, um, you told me you were, you were building a giant periscope and was going to stand outside of uh, <laughs> Craven Cottage. Just floating, floating up the river. Trying yeah. to get a, <laughs> trying to get a view of it, but well, you know, there's talk now that they're, they're thinking of taking it down to ten pounds, which is sort of even more of a piss take because that's acknowledging that they know it's an issue and they know that people don't like it, but then taking it down, it's still ten quid, which is still too much, you know. But the the problem is that at the moment now TV passes are that as well. So they can they can justify that, albeit that's a 24-hour pass, but kind of knew that would be the next step. So we're going to have to boycott that as well. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in this this illegal way of watching. I, I was unaware of this. I'll have to... I don't know if learn. I use the word illegal. Okay, you know? okay. Sorry. I think there's a lot of things that slip into grey areas these days about with EU law and stuff like that. So... Um... I think there's some there's some ways to watch it. I don't know. Can, can we just get Patrick to film it while he's watching it in America in our WhatsApp chat? He can't technically do that, but he could have a conversation with us where he's watching it and it's in the background of the video. That's I what I mean. That's allowed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bromley charge a tenner for their games to watch them live. So yeah. I mean, that's well, the league. So I mean, if that's that's a baseline, I don't know how many they're selling, but. Um, yeah. yeah, but well, so, so they've got costs to cover, haven't they? They they you know haven't got the the income um, hmm. that, that Palace would have from broadcasting rights. I think the main issue is the fact that the people with the most, the teams with the most supporters, where they could potentially make the most money from, are actually having to pay per view less because they're on the normal Sky and BT and Amazon, and that's yeah. the thing. It, it's well, exactly. the small clubs I... more. Liverpool fans were supposed to boycott it, but they still it pushed ninety thousand. I think one of their games that was on pay per view, and then um, there were three games that pulled in less than ten thousand. Um, I'm assuming one of them was West Brom Burnley, for example. But <laughs> I, I did hear. I don't know if it's true that um, the five in a row that we've got as pay per view, Chelsea are not pay per view on any of those games. So I mean, how how is that? remotely fair yeah but um i will just go back a little bit and uh, talking about non-league football there croydon have start will start playing their games at crystal palace stadium from uh a week a week from saturday um so that's the day we're due to play leeds at the moment but um i think it's uh like a two two thirty kick or two o'clock kick off maybe something like that. But um look into that if you wanna get if you live in the local area and wanna get some football in from I think is it the seventh would that be the seventh of November that Saturday? Yeah, it is Saturday, seventh of November. I think they're playing Sutton, someone or the other. But yeah, so look out for that one. Um Cray Wanderers well, too, just to just to stick them in there, still in uh, a tier that can can uh, have supporters. But I was reading an article about some teams that are coming through the FA Cup. And they've been able to have fans in for the first couple of rounds, but then they've got an away match against a team, a division above them that are seen as so-called elite, and they can't go to it. But they've been to all the other games in that in the season so far, just because they're um, National League North. Do, and, do you know, you know, do you know why the FA Cup games for non-league sides suck? 
So whenever I've gone to an FA Cup game at Hastings, you're allowed to have beer whilst watching the game, any other game in the season. But the FA Cup games, you're not allowed to. So Sodom, they're the, the least good games for non-league teams. Yeah, I had a mate who goes to Maidenhead games and he always just went for the piss up. He's not really into football that much and uh, he always loved going and then uh, they got promoted. <laughs> Next thing he was like, they was like, you can't take that out there, mate. <laughs> He's got been it. going there his whole life, yeah. So worst, worst promotion in the world is getting to that level, right? <laughs> um, but in terms of pay-per-view games, um, what I would pay to watch at the moment is Heskip, the liquid football being played by the under-23s. I thought you were going to take the piss out of me and watching reality TV shows, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the under-23s game uh, against Wolves was a, a pretty decent to watch. Um, the second half was a lot of Wolves and not much Palace, but it was good to see the defence doing well. Um, but again, we've mentioned him before, uh, Scott Banks was very, very good, scored a great goal, um, just very quick feet. The sort of goal we don't really score in the first team, so nice to see. Uh, and Christian Benteke got a really nice goal as well, which uh, in our WhatsApp chat you said he's found his level. <laughs> was it the least Benteke goal that Benteke's ever scored? It was, I mean, sort of, it was a sort of goal that Benteke, when he played like Villa for Villa, would score probably against Palace. So he's just like hairing forward with the ball and then like smashes it in. But we will never see him score that for the first team. He's not scored from outside the box for us, has he? Only the under-23s. I think so, no. Is it because there were no fans? And he hasn't got the pressure? Just a thought. Well, in that case, let's see if he scores. (laughs) If he scores (laughs) the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Um, The Scott Banks one reminded me, I don't know if any of you have seen like footage on YouTube of like, John Barnes going past about six Brazilians in a England mm. Brazil game and then slotting one home. It was pretty much carbon copy of that, but um, forty years later. Yeah, I mean the setup was lovely. The way they they played the ball quickly and around, and the finish was. I, don't, <laughs> I feel stupid saying it myself, but it felt like a Lionel Messi goal. Weirdly, the, the way it was linked up and the way he finished and it oh, being that's left footed. Scott Banks. but um i mean i think the calls are still i think i've said it previously i think it's still too early to be calling to get him into the first team to be honest that having watched a couple of games i think he needs to do some growing first um get some get some bulk on him but i don't know it's 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 promising that's for sure and if if benteke can get some confidence there with some goals as well and bring him to the first team i feel like i've been saying that for about three years now as well but (laughs) Yeah, right. so talking of goals, let's Sorry, get into Can we just say about Ollie Weber's save as well? Because that was... Yeah. That was it was beautiful. a very good save, wasn't it? That, that was just before the Benteke goal, right? It was before, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not, there's no way a certain <laughs> Welshman would have pulled that out of the bag. So, that's, yeah, kudos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's, he's on his palace deathbed and you're still hammering in the nails. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Funtime videos. Choose your match day squad, post match ratings and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. Pitchdmm.com. Uh, right. Who was it who messaged in the WhatsApp group saying we'll go top if we win six nil? That was me. <laughs> Optimistic. Bet Benteke goals got you feeling a certain way. Yeah, I know. It's it's it wasn't that. It was just the fact that we've been frankly quite shit most of the season, and the fact that we could be top on Friday night, it, it just doesn't seem real. And all right, know, we know I'll, we're I'll, not going to put six in against Wolves. I mean, they they can as well because we're. We're both on 10 points. Um, but is, is the league just a bit weird this season? Because we don't look like we deserve to be in eighth. I mean, all we've done all season is moan because <laughs> we've yeah. been poor. And it's no, no. Against, against Fulham, it was like we, we scored after eight minutes of letting them have the ball. And it was kind of, oh, this is what happens if we go up the pitch. And <laughs> it was... I don't know. We just, we just don't look like we look play like a team that look like we're in the bottom three, but we're eighth, and I just don't can't compute. Well, when we um, beat Fulham on the weekend, and I looked at the league table and saw that we were fifth, my, my face was like that. You no, know, that blinking gif that goes around all the time. That guy just looked like what? <laughs> how how are we there? I was, I was surprised because especially the way all of us have been going on. So many of our fans guilty. All right, it's like we're in the bottom three. You're exactly right, Nick. But um, yeah, eighth does feel a little bit misleading, but the points are on the ball. They're there and you know, a win will be joint top, <laughs> at least going into the weekend. So um, pretty, pretty crazy. Um, we're up against Wolves. Now you say we can put six past them. West Ham did smash them 4-0 not, not so long ago. But since then, they've turned out 2-1-0 wins against promoted Fulham and Leeds. And then they drew 1-1 with Newcastle on the weekend. Still playing their 3-4-3 formation. Now, um, I mean, Mike, Batshuayi um, can emulate, what's his name? Callum Wilson, that's what I'm looking for. He got in down the side of the back three a couple of times. Um, and Wolves are struggling from through balls this season, and surprisingly, we're we're thriving from through balls. So um, something for Batshuayi to take advantage, of perhaps on the weekend or Friday night. You're proper clutching at straws here, aren't you? Um, I like I watched um, Wolves Leeds, um, so I didn't see the the Newcastle draw, um, but they are defensively really sound. Um, but what they will do is give you give you space. I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna do the kind of thing that Brighton did um, and you know saturate and slowly pass. Like they they're gonna want to break as well. So um, I think we can get behind them, but they can certainly get behind us. So I, I, hopefully um, it will be a who scores more. Um, and if Batshuayi is, is on fire, great. Um, 
I, I really don't know what to expect. I mean, we've done pretty well against Wolves the last couple of years. Um, so I'd like to see it continue, but I they look pretty strong to me. And to 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 grind out a 1-0 against Leeds, who had more chances than they did, um, I think it's going to be a tough proposition. But then again, I've, I've said that for every game this season. So I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from us, let alone to, what to expect from Wolves, to be honest. Yeah, so it's looking at who scored.com, it was quite fun reading actually. Um their weakness is um defending down the flanks and one of our strengths is attacking down the flanks and getting loads of crosses. But one of our weaknesses is defending long shots and that's their strength. <laughs> um but a weakness for us, um, as I've already said, is uh, a sorry strength for us and a weakness for them is ch- ch- creating chances from through balls. And both teams are really strong on the counter attack. So it could be a case of us shutting each other out and then um, us getting in down the flank once and scoring a goal and then scoring one from range is pretty much how this one could go. Um, let's talk about potential changes. Ask if Jordan Ayew, I, I imagine. Um, He's served his COVID sentence now. <laughs> he didn't have any symptoms, so um, he's two weeks are up and he should be back in contention, I'd imagine. Nice. Yeah, I've got no idea about any of that anymore. <laughs> um, I think I, I might have put it in, in, one of our, in one of our text chats that Jack Butland, I thought, had COVID and was you know out for ages and he was on Instagram pulling into training ground. So that's about as, as into, into it as I am. Um, nice, to have a, nice, nice to have a keeper that can catch something. We it's getting a bit any today, Hennessy. Um, yeah, I mean, if I use back into intention, great. Um, obviously, Ben Teke looks like he probably will be as well, which is good. Nice to have options. Um, obviously, I think I think Michi will continue to play because he's been all right. Um, but for two very close offsides, he could have had a couple of goals. So they weren't I, you close. Know. They weren't close. He was miles the, offside. The Brighton one was close, ish. I mean, listen. Well, in, in the days of these of these bar lines, you know, it's like a hair's breadth in it. So I suppose anything <laughs> more than more than that's miles off. But I mean, he's he, he's looking alright, and he, he set up Will's goal against Fulham. So I don't see him him losing his place. Um, did, we'll, you see, did you see the um, access all areas in the in the post in the celebrations of that goal? Andros Townsend running over and saying, "That's Crystal Palace." Does he? <laughs> nice. Does. I like that. Well, uh, scoring from across. I mean, that's it's, it's that old myth, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's, it's that, been a while. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think again, Wilf was was very good and is is back to his, you know, doing what we know he can do, and you just want him to keep doing that, really. Um, team of the week, I, I, team of the week, Premier League team of the week, who scored.com team of the week, and more than that, the bald man himself, Alan Shearer's team of the week. And he's got an informed card on FIFA for the people who play that as well. Oh. Yeah, 92 pace as a striker, mate. It's going to do some damage that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I just, it's, it's, Roy's not really one to change a winning side, is he? Uh, but there's a lot of options coming back. Obviously, James Tompkins is in training as well now. Patrick Van Arnholt's back. Um, we'll get into those a bit. Uh, well, let's do that now. So, uh, Patrick Van Arnholt finally got some minutes. Um, Nick, 
Don't ask me that. That's would the last be... 15 minutes of the game. I've already said <laughs> that. No, how did he play it right back? Because he, he came in for Klein, who was obviously very tired. Um, yes. Did he do all right there? I think Mitchell switched to right back. Or oh, did, I, I don't know. Remember. Like I said, I missed it. He did, he did yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mitchell, Mitchell switched side. Yeah, but I mean, in, in terms of it's Mitchell we're going to talk about here, is it harsh to drop him and put Pat, Pat back in or does do you go really experienced and get him in there and give Mitchell a rest? You know, like they, there's always talk about not wanting to burn youngsters out. So perhaps he's at his run. Let's let give Pat back, back his shirt. No, because no, I, I think Mitchell's got the potential to be as good as um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So don't don't take him out. Let him, let him carry on developing. I really think that. Mm. I think PVA could could act as a winger and then support him on that side and get him back and defending. There's a kind of cover for Schlaff and then we could move Eze to a central position, What's which is where he should be playing. Thinking? What's with this forward This is This is not the Hodgson way. Stop. <laughs> did you... Did you notice when we scored the first goal, Hodgson ran over to Lewington and you could tell he was saying to him, right, we've got to sit back, we've got to sit back, we've got to sit back and hold this now. And, uh, well, that's what I imagined he said. But, yeah, it's... Um, he was like, what, what's this no-look reverse passing? None, none of that allowed. <laughs> oh, never mind that. That little clip he did to uh, Townsend as well, that cheeky little ball off the hill. That was excellent. Yeah. Sexy football, sexy. sexy can, I, can I put a thought towards you, you gentlemen? So I, I feel like Klein came in to be a slightly better forward option, which he undoubtedly was. So by that rationale, wouldn't PVA come in because he's a slightly better boy? He's a better forward option than Mitchell. Well, no, I think, I think Klein came in because Wardy was injured, right? So yeah, I, I reckon he's going to keep his play. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I thought Klein was much better in the final third of the field than than Wardy is. He immediately looked better there. Looks more comfortable with the ball there. Um, and I think that's you know if he can defensively step up his game, then it, it could see him keep his place until Ferguson comes into contention. But I thought Klein looks a bit rocky at the back. Um, look, Lookman, Lookman got him down that side a few times, hit the post a couple of times, and it's not for any, any fault of clients. You know, it's just he hasn't had it drilled into him yet, as he. This is how the defence plays, and in the absence of Ward, um, you could see Ward plays the system very, very well in terms of in the in our own third. He defends really well. He, he, he's often in, more well, always in the correct position and. You could see with Klein, it, it wasn't in sync with the rest of the team as it's as it's been drilled into them for three seasons now. So he was definitely lacking there a bit. But um, you know, he's barely played any football. Um, I think the last time he played football was when um, he was watching Zaha run away from him <laughs> at Salah. So but... you, you genuinely think? I, I don't know. I was I was very skeptical about Ward being injured because it just seems a bit too coincidental that Klein comes training. He gets given a short-term contract. Suddenly, after Ward's been playing for ages, he's not. I, I don't know. I, I, I nah, felt... nah, you're looking too much into it. There's no. There's no way. There's no way we're gonna disrespect a club legend like that. And Joel Ward is a club legend. Like Absolutely. he's the number Absolutely. number of appearances he's played for the club. You know, we we signed him as a 
bottom half of the table championship side we didn't sign him with the sort of thoughts of getting promoted to the Premier League and then for, him a, for an easy solution for Hodgson after the amount of criticism from the Brighton game you don't think Klein came in for that nah okay I, I, nah I don't, it, 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 if Wald's fit he's going to play I, I, I think Wald was decent against Brighton he just did, does what he Joel was, Wald yeah. does but yeah. then he just unfortunately made the, the error at the end but I mean, it was it's one of those games where Brighton tested our defenders for such large periods of the game that a mistake, it felt like a mistake was going to come. Like, we all thought the goal was coming. No, I meant from a forward perspective, really. I, I just feel like he, oh. Hodgson got so much abuse for no, no forward thinking that I, I wonder if he, he put Klein in as as a as an option going forward without having to tinker with too much, you know? But, but yeah, you're right. I'm probably reading too much into it. Yeah, I mean, he might not have been too disappointed that Waldy's picked up a slight knock in that sense, but, but yeah, I, I, I just don't think he would have. I don't think he would have dropped him in that sense. Um, you know, it's, if it turns out Wald's injured for a few weeks, we'll we'll see what happens and how Kleine comes on. But I, I just can't see him being here past January once, unless <laughs> unless we have fully signed the Croc in Ferguson and he never makes it back and. Um, what was his name? The player we signed, Jack Hunt. <laughs> he was a right back that never ever played. So um, hopefully it won't be that. But um, yeah, we, we'll see. He client needs minutes basically to. But I just don't think he's going to get those minutes if Wolves fit. Um, has to have a bit of depth though in in the squad, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. Abs- just to have a cover at right back is yeah. nice. We just haven't had cover for except from that short eighteen months where Wambasaka came in and did so well. And then left, you know, it's been Joel Ward and only Joel Ward that entire time. So uh, Ferguson was the first right back we'd signed since Jack Hunt in twenty in September 2013. So, so there you go. Um, Heskiff, we've talked a lot on this pod about Luca not being able to play in a two. Yeah. Uh, uh, have we found a solution to that problem? Well... I think it's important to remember that Fulham are comfortably the worst team in the league. I will say that. Um, I thought Luca played all right, to be fair. And his obviously set set Wolf off in the build-up to, to Gyro's goal with his sort of long long ball, which was really good. Um, and we, uh, you know, as I said a lot, a lot before on here, like I don't I don't dislike Luca at all. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. But if Jimmy and Gyro are both fit which is an if because I don't really know what Jimmy's injured with and Gyro went off with a slight knock, I think, against Fulham. If those two are both fit, I would play them both because I think they're our best duo if we're playing a two. Um, but it was nice to to have Luca get a game and play well because you don't want him coming in and having a stinker and then you just think, well, he, we just can't rely on him at all anymore. Um, so it's good to see him play well. As I say, I do think Fulham are not a good team but um you know if he plays against wolves it's not the end of the world obviously i don't i don't want people to think that's what i'm saying but if jimmy and gyro are fit then i'd give them the nod again because i think i think they're the best the best partnership for us mm, okay yeah it's, it's be, be interesting to see you said you were saying him why why is gyro a doubt well he went off didn't he against fulham at the end oh, he had a bit God. of a knock but i don't know if it's like a it, it, you know, his hamstrings felt a bit tight, so we've taken him off, or he's actually, you know, knackered himself. Um, 
So uh, it, that could be a load of nonsense and he's completely fine and is in contention and it's not a problem. Um, but yeah, he went off at the end, I, I think, with a slight injury. Okay, Mike, you're a fan of whoscored.com and it is a good website for stats. But Jaira Riedewald, 94.8% passing accuracy this season. However, one of his weaknesses is listed as passing. Can you explain that? I can't because I swear that I saw a stat that against Brighton, he had the best pass rate. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm. Yeah, it was not, it was, yeah against Brighton, 95.8%. He's not, the 94.8 I talk about is for the season. That's his accuracy for the season. Uh, and, yeah. and for Brighton, it was 95.8%. <laughs> I mean, we posted on Twitter the other day um, the who scored stats for the Fulham game. And I don't think there was a positive comment amongst any of the replies. I mean, that, that's pretty standard Twitter, isn't it, to be honest? But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's weird. I, I think the major issue is people don't really know what Gyro is outside of people that have seen him in most of the games he's played for Palace and realised how good he is. Everyone else is kind of scratching their head going, well, you know, he was a defender for Ajax, what's going on? Um, until people understand him. I mean, that happens a lot with players in his position. Um, I mean, certainly, even Kabai was massively misunderstood. Um, and I think Milivojevic has been misunderstood as well. So, it's 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 not really understanding, and because we don't have a, a a sort of attacking central midfielder that he's anchoring back there for, um, it makes even less sense for people. So I don't know. He's he's an enigma. He's a he's a beautiful Dutch enigma. When when you say um, this ninety four point eight percent, how many passes is that though? Because you know if if he's only made three passes, yeah, fair enough. But has he made 60, 70? What, what, what's the actual numbers no, rather than the I mean, 60 or 70, please. We we don't touch the ball that much in games, um, certainly not under Hodgson. But I think against Brighton, he had 39 is what I think he had. And he had 95.8% on that, which is still, like, by Palace standards, that's astronomically high. Uh, we have we. I think Kabai was seventy eight percent somewhere around that when he was playing for Palace. That's is very very high. Whiters against Brighton was zero. So I mean, <laughs> um, he so he passed the ball in the Fulham game. Uh, is that what I'm looking at here? Hmm. So this season, Jairo Riedewald has he averages. Yeah, ninety-four point eight. Oh, his average passes game is fourteen point five, but I think that might be taking into account the two substitute appearances he made as well. So, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's average passes, not average passes per ninety. So, well, either way, either way, shape or form, when you look at the rest of the team, Luka Bilovojevic is eighty-four point four. Um, that's the next closest. Then you've got a couple of 81 and 80, which is Eze and Cahill. So it's stupidly high. Yeah, I mean, it just it shows the player that's in there that even under all the pressure that our midfield can come under and um, the options that he has in the pass, he's constantly finding the people. So if you can get him executing that sort of pass accuracy in and around the penalty area with an anchor behind him, then 
you know, we, we've got enough. I think we've got enough up front now, enough pace, enough movement in those players. I think there was glimpses of it against Brighton. I talked about it on the last pod saying I thought it just broke down a lot with the final couple of passes and we lost our shape a bit. But once they start getting used to playing with each other, maybe good things could happen this season. There's some positivity there. I, I always think back to the back end of that season where we had Ruben Loftus-Cheek and how good we were and we were just battering teams. Um Hodgson has it in him if he's got the players and he feels comfortable with them he has it in him Heskiff yeah just as a sort of little afterthought to that the, the last sort of bit of the Fulham game when we had like PVA Eze Wilf Gyro all sort of in the little pocket playing short passes to each other and moving around and stuff that's the sort of stuff that I really want to see more of you know it's the thing that where I've been saying on this pod we know we're capable of playing good attacking football I think when you've got players like that on the pitch, you are we are capable of doing it. And yeah, like I said, I know Fulham aren't very good, but I think we just give ourselves a lot more options if we're playing with those sort of guys in the team. Um, I thought Eze was good when he came on as well. You know, he's just very confident on the ball, isn't he? So I'd like to see more of them going forward, more of those sort of performances, those little sort of triangles and fours getting the ball forward. Because I think it... If if we can go a bit more attacking, which we've been saying for a, about two years now, um, they're, they're the sort of passages of play with those players that I think will benefit from a great deal. Can't I dream of Friday night with Gyro, Eze in front of him, Schlupp on the left and Townsend on the right? Is that too much to ask for a life goal? Mm, I think um, Andros will have to get his afro going on again a bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to stand aside the thundercat that is Jairo Riedewald. Uh Right, I think. Sorry, we, uh, go, go no, on. Just to to add to that, you were talking about attacking midfielders or midfielders that look to go forward. Would you you talk about Jeffrey Schlupp? He's great at getting back and defending as well. And with Gyro spending so much time being a defender, he's going to be great at getting back and defending as well as going forward. So it it puts that in there, doesn't it? Um, so with Ezzy in front in a kind of free role, does Wilf get a spot? I'm joking. But, you know, perhaps we've got too many good players now that it's very difficult to find the right combination of them. But as uh, Eskiff yeah. said, it's it was it was sounded a joy the bit I missed. Um, if we're playing these triangles, why can't we be doing them at the beginning of the game rather than at the end when it's a bit of a luxury and we've got a 2-0 lead? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think there's a bit more license to do it against Fulham because, as Heskiff said, they're not very, not very good, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll go down this season. Um, hate writing teams off and all that because it happens to us all the time, and it never seems to happen. But there you go. T- I'm touching wood there, everyone. Just t- don't worry. Let's do some predictions. Um, sadly, Albert got it right last week. Um, he said two one Palace. I think I said two nil. Heskiff, what are you going for this week? Uh... Oh, God, I think we're going to lose because I think Wolves, in my head, Wolves are better than us. Um, I haven't seen them at all this year, so I'm basing that purely on last season. I'll go 2-1 Wolves. Okay, Nick, what you got for me? We tend to be better away than at home. What's what's weird about Wolves is they're not scoring many goals, but they're, they're averaging 11 or 12 shots a game, which we can only dream of, can't we? So um, maybe a 2-1 or a 3-2 Palace. I, I can see us winning. I, I can see us being top. Then some number will mention Europe and we won't win for six weeks. <laughs> and what about you, Mikey? 
I am aware that we've been accused of being quite negative on these pods recently. Um, I was going to go 2-1 defeat, but Heskiff's gone for it. So let's, <laughs> let, let, let's go 1-0. I'm going to go 1-0 with Jimenez equalising after we go ahead. Yeah, I'm so, I'm tempted to go nil nil. To be honest, I think that we really could shut each other out as teams. But um, you know, they they have been creating good chances, as Nick said, but they can't put them away. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's shots on the edge of the box that they've been scoring. So we, we'll offer a lot of shots on the edge of the box. And if they've got players that can shoot from the edge of the box or like a bit further out than that. That could be a source for them. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be nil-nil or one-nil either way. So I'll, I'll go nil-nil and um, yeah, stick that in your pi- pay-per-view pipe and smoke it. <laughs> uh, right, that's pretty much it. So what we who, uh, I, I always do this. I never look ahead. Is is next week Leeds? It is, isn't it? I've already said that. Yes, it is. So, yes. So Leeds are set Can I ask why you sound like you've eaten a ton of sandpaper? <laughs> it's um i'm doing a sort of ode to my ginger brethren sean dyash and um it's worth it's worth it. good work <laughs> yeah no uh, well it's because I've, I've, I've not been able to have any beer because of these um antibiotics that's the problem so no I, i'm not really i'm not really sure i've had um i had an infection in my mouth and that's what the antibiotics for so i don't know whether it's something to do with that um had lots of needles and that sort of stuff in my mouth this week so you you've so had you You've had no beer. I've had my first two pints of beer since the January transfer window. I was going to ask if anybody fancies going clubbing. I'm well up for it now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll meet you down Ministry of Sound. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have it large. We're, the new Faithless album is out, so um, get that on your stereo yeah. and have a listen to that. Stereo. Um, yeah, How so- old are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old enough to know what a pencil and a cassette tape, go. how they go together. <laughs> Right, so we are, we'll be back next uh, Thursday. I think it will be me, Heskiff, and Albert next week. Thank you, Mike and Nick, for stepping in this week. Pleasure to have you. No worries. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know it's half-term and I cost more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Heskiff, as always, mate, speak to you next week when we'll be back, back Thursday, as I say, to build you up to Leeds. Until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.